Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hi. Welcome to your neighborhood pharmacy. Hi. I've got a prescription for diabetes test strips. How much is the copay? Well, it depends on your type of commercial insurance. And factoring in your yearly spend, subtracting the deductibles, also depending on your monthly Ugh, allowance. Why can't there be a better option? Or you could try Contour Next test strips. A 35 counts only $19.99 over the counter and proven to be highly accurate. Go to ContourNext.com radio to see if over-the-counter strips are a more affordable option for you. Hmm. I think I'll try Contour Next. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumbo Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumbo Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. center on this show are you able to bleep stuff out because i'm about to say something right now just mark it down to time okay the cows okay how's that Hello, Night Nation. I'm Trey Stroka. Welcome to the Sons of UCF Live. The war on I-4 goes down on Black Friday. We're going to welcome in Chris Trello of Spectrum Sports to preview the cows. But first, let's welcome in the Sons of UCF. Adam and Mike, guys, happy Thanksgiving. Same to you, Trace. This is a fantastic time of the year. We got Thanksgiving. We got Black Friday, a good basketball tilt on Saturday. What more could you want for the next couple of days? If you're a UCF sports fan, this is your Super Bowl, my friends. My favorite week of the year, every year. I get to eat like a pig tomorrow and then watch football all weekend, go into the game Friday. I'm very excited. You know that I like to come to these shows prepared with either Mm -hmm. trivia or jokes in the spirit of Thanksgiving. What was the turkey suspected of? Foul play. (laughs) All All right, but first some breaking news. News that just a short while ago on Twitter, you all broke about a certain musician Mm. performing the national anthem. What happened today on Twitter? How did that unfold? That's right. Backstreet's back, Trace. Uh, So if you listen to the Sons of UCF podcast that released yesterday, UCF Mike exclusively revealed his top five karaoke performances of all time, a a time-honored tradition, of course. And uh, unfortunately, it sounds like the singer or the band that was going to perform at the tailgate cannot make it. Mike offered his services and UCF informed us that uh, uh, somehow Howie Durow, who Mike as power ranked has the fifth um, fifth most important Backstreet Boy, will be singing <laughs> the national anthem. So the Backstreet is back. Mike and I have offered our services if they want to do a collabo con- uh, concert. Um, no response, unfortunately. No, they want me to perform pregame at the uh, Pacifico tailgate party. Uh, I tell you what, I had a bigger audience at the. Uh, Last place I performed, that usually shows up to those things. So I'm not scared. I'm ready to do it. They just need to up their ante a little bit. I want just as much money as that Tyler character was getting, or double. So an exclusive reveal on the Sons of UCF Twitter account from the UCF Knights Twitter account that Howie from the Backstreet Boys performing the national anthem on Black Friday. Perhaps Mike works in somewhere here in karaoke or the pregame party. Trace, who is your favorite Backstreet Boy? I, I do not have a favorite. 
Um, you like them all the same then? Yeah, they're all equal in my eyes. He's lying. If you go, if you just move the camera to the left, there's a poster. Of that. <laughs> if I move the camera just a little over, there's a cardboard cutout of myself. But anyway, <laughs> there we go. Uh, Mike, uh, we missed you last week. Uh, it's glad to have you back. You had a good vacation, though. Yeah, very good time. I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, I missed you guys too. I tried to tune in when I was over there. The internet service wasn't as great, but uh, I'm sure you guys did great. Uh, yes, uh, we did our best without you. Um, you know, we're getting close to that Black Friday game. What is it you're preparing for the tailgate extravaganza on Friday? Is it potato salad? Are you bringing beer? What's what's the sitch? I'm a tailgate moocher this week. We're not doing our own tailgate. I'm just going to be walking around. Probably do, hit the alumni tailgate for a little while. Maybe stop at Burger U on the way in and then head into the stadium. Gotcha, gotcha. You guys talked about it, a special Tuesday night when you recorded uh, the uh, details of the 2022 schedule coming out. We haven't put the wraps on this one just yet, but I can already hear it, Mike, that with the opponents listed, home Louisville, Georgia Tech, South Carolina State, and the non-con, the FIU game drop, Cincinnati, SMU, Navy, Temple Road, FAU, the Cows, ECU, Memphis, and Tulane. It's nine of 12 in the state of Florida. Sounds like in year two of the Gus Malzahn regime, that's 12 and out. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to go 12 and out. We'll see. By the time the next You're season comes go around, by on. the time the next season comes around, I probably will. I will talk myself into it. You mentioned nine games. We don't have to leave the state of Florida. The other three that we do are not tough, tough games. I mean, East Carolina, Tulane, and Memphis, all winnable. You got to tell me when these games are played or we have to go. It can get a little cold in Memphis if we play them late in the year. If we have a tough back-to-back -back games, I have to see the schedule in order to let you know. What's the grass versus turf situation here, Adam? It, Tulane, I question. believe, is at uh, a prescription turf of some kind, so that could be a problem yeah, on the road. That could be a problem. Here's the thing. I, I like that all of the teams that we lost to this year, we now get at home. I want my restitution. Louisville specifically, our season mm -hmm. derailed in that Louisville game. I want my restitution against Louisville. Obviously, Navy, Cincinnati coming to town. Uh, it's, a, it's a nice schedule for the bounce house. Obviously, ticket prices, uh, get your wallet out, friends. That, that, that has increased a little bit. But I think it, the slate this year will certainly be worth it. So a lot to work for, look forward to. But uh, cart before horse on this one. Obviously, we all assume that this year would be a, a year of a, of a certain record. Uh, so I don't want to get too far ahead. But you've got to be excited about the games. You add in a Georgia Tech team who I know we played before, Trace. And uh, it's a nice, it's attractive schedule for the bounce house, but I want my restitution for Louisville. And uh, this really just with it being a game at FAU, there needs to be some sort of sons of UCF extravaganza down there in which it ends a couple of hours before the game starts so that you can get into the stadium. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah, that's Mike's home territory. Mike's got to have something prepared. It's a home Why don't game. we meet at Mike's house pregame at Mike's house? And then, you know, that can Take be arranged. Take a party bus. Party bus to the stadium. It's only about a 30 minute, 25 minute drive. 20 minutes. 30. I like that. I like that. Of course, we are putting the cart before the horse. Still one more to go. We're going to talk a lot about that game tonight. But uh, the one just passed, UConn before Green UConn, 49-17, never really in doubt. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what we liked, what we didn't like. I like that Mikey Keene is showing some poise, some growth, some development, some maturity in leading this offense. Yeah, I liked Brandon Johnson. He had a really solid game this week again, Trace. And uh, while certainly the the Navy fumble will always be one of those things you remember, he's been a really solid performer throughout the season. Ten touchdowns, which uh, from a non-quarterback position leads the Knights. Uh, he had another big game on uh, on Saturday. So I'm going to go Brandon uh, Brandon Johnson. Solid transfer. A guy that we weren't super excited about because he didn't have the flashy stats coming out of Tennessee. And I think we were all like, man, how is he going to fit in? But uh, I saw some chatter today considering him as one of the top five transfers of all time. So Brandon Johnson, I definitely liked his performance against UConn. I love the quick start to the game. We jumped all over him exactly what we need to do this week. Knock the cows back as soon as the game starts and just stay on their throats the whole way. But defensively, I really like the pressure getting on the quarterback, too. I believe we had five sacks in that game. That would go a long way in helping us win this week, too. Yeah, something I didn't care much for, and you guys talked about it on your show. A little bit of a lull there. Uh, they, they lulled. Uh, for a while and you want to see that pedal to the metal more yeah that third quarter trace i mean i, I didn't i don't know if we knew that halftime was over uh we came out and we kind of got into the same offensive lull we've been in for a while there things did not look uh sharp 
We turned it obviously around in the fourth quarter. Here's the thing with the game we we're having uh, to play this Friday. Th- this is a team that I think all fans want us to keep the pedal to the metal for the entire four quarters. I know previously hype it off and take the taking this one off the gas and some of these, but we want to see Gus keep the pedal to the metal. Obviously that third quarter, a game that was already in, uh, pretty much in hand for us. I would have loved to have seen this be a little bit more consistent. I get that. We're not going to score every time. That's not how football works, but we didn't, we didn't feel in sync in that, in that real, that third quarter specifically. So I'd love to see us turn that around against the cows. I'm still not in love with the whole Gus with the table thing. The table looks too empty. He needs to at least put some papers on there, make himself look busier. How about this? He likes talking to the referees. Get him a walkie-talkie. Get somebody on the sideline to follow him around, follow the refs around, and maybe he can communicate a little better with the referees that way instead of waiting for the commercial breaks for them to come over and say something to him. Does he even have a beverage down there? I mean, anything he's on the table? Bubble gum. He, he's got some some bubble gum always on the end of the table there, Trace. I'm not sure if that's like a superstition, but he's got some. I guess some double bubble is what I see on the end of the table. There is what he kind of uh, frequents. I don't know. If he's got a rhythm for when he when he chews those, but uh, I, I haven't seen much. I don't. I don't see beverages on the table. Not 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 unlike UCF Mike's table. <laughs> There's some big league chew he's got. Big big league chew. That's pretty good. I don't even know. Before we start to talk about Green Yukon, which state produces the most turkeys? Uh, 50 choices here, guys. West Virginia. Mike? Nebraska. Minnesota. Minnesota produces the most turkeys. Who's second? I mean, how close was I to West Virginia in the top five? Top five states that produce. No, no, the top fives are for the pod. (laughs) Here we just mix in some trivia and some jokes. Uh, I don't have the whole 50 nifty United States of turkey production there for you. Okay. (laughs) Did not come prepared. And and it would be Mike that would ask that question, not you, Adam, but I do not have that. I'm I'm trying to get in front of it for you, Chase. I'm trying to help you out. Yeah. So, War on I 4. Black Friday nights clad all in black. The cows come to town. The series tied. Knights can take the advantage. Cows just one and six in league play, two and nine overall. I've seen 18, 18 and a half point spread, which makes me a little nervous. Uh, but uh, this one coming up Friday, 3.30 ESPN. But more importantly, you and uh, what we will hope will be a sellout will be in attendance for this one. What's your confidence level in, uh, in beating the Cows? Yeah, but on paper, you would think that we are the better team. Obviously, there's been a lot of struggles uh, this particular season. The defensive coordinator just left the team. Their defense is 120 out of 130 in terms of uh, points allowed. So you would think there'd be opportunities for UCF to take advantage uh, in this particular game. But here's the thing. We've seen uh, UCF's offense have these lulls throughout the season. So while I want to pound the table and say this thing's going to be over early, We've seen UCF let some teams stay in games, some some curious play calling, some interesting substitution patterns from Gus, uh, and we have not yet seen him in a, a sort of a setting where he's got the rivalry matchup. So I, I think, you know, on paper, UCF's the better team. I think that bears out in record, that bears out, uh, and, and so far what we've seen from results. But UCF's been a tad unpredictable on offense, and if we get that SMU offense – uh, or that Cincinnati offense, this is going to be an interesting one. If we get that UConn offense, then sure, this this could be uh, this could be a, a fun night for for UCF. But I don't think any of us know specifically which offense we're going to see so far. As long as we don't beat ourselves, I think we'll be okay. Remember the 2013 game? We turned the ball over like five times. I think Storm Johnson fumbled three or four times that game. As long as we're not giving them short fields and keeping them in the game, we should be all right. Their defense is not the same as Cincinnati. They're not going to shut us down. We'll put up 30 points on these guys. The question is, how is our defense going to hold their quarterback and their guys? And, of course, it's senior day or senior night, right? Uh, We're not quite sure who will use that COVID year, be back, uh, you know, earlier in the week. Sam Jackson, Anthony Montalvo, a little tight-lipped about that, but UCF releasing some videos featuring the seniors on their Twitter account today. I asked Coach Malzahn, what does this senior class mean to the program? Uh, these guys have won, and they've, they've helped develop the foundation of this place. And then a new coaching staff comes in. It's always harder on the seniors than anybody else because you do things new. you got a new leader and new expectations as far as different things that go about. And just real appreciative of these seniors, the way that they've uh, responded, uh, the way they bought in. Um, they're really the main reason that we hadn't folded our tent at times. You know, and there's been plenty of opportunities to point the finger or throw the towel in or, or whatever, and they hadn't flinched. And uh, they, they really kept this thing together and allowed us to be here at this time. And, you know, we're, we're, we're going to fight like crazy to get win number eight. 
I think that's well said by Coach Malzahn. They have experienced a lot during their tenure with the Knights. Yeah, these senior night, um, um, you know, ceremonies are always fantastic because obviously uh, a lot of these kids, you know, they they stay uh, for four years, three years, five years, depending on their on their journey, and they offer so much to programs. And look, there are always going to be your superstars that are going to be, you know, the heralded players. But programs are built on the backs of guys like a Sam Jackson, uh, who you know may not grab headlines, but they're there day in and day out, helping their team get better, making big plays. And, uh, and, and so it's fun to kind of get a chance to recognize those guys. You know, when you saw the videos UCF put out on social media, you saw some players that you don't see in the field very often that you maybe don't you don't hear their name uh, being blared across the stadium speakers. But they've had an impact on the program. And it's, it's so cool to see these guys get that recognition because, you know, while for every Mackenzie Milton and for every Dylan Gabriel, you know, there are 10 other guys who are at practice every Saturday, every Sunday, every Tuesday, every Wednesday, busting their rear ends and making UCF what it is. So it's always good to get those guys a round of applause and honor them on a senior night the question is how many of these seniors are going to come back again next year for another senior night as we've seen already Mackenzie Milton's going on his third senior night now (laughs) to Florida State so it's possible that these guys will be back again next year Adam mentioned the guys that you don't know those guys are probably on their last game this this is it for them they're going to be replaced with the younger guys they're not going to keep scholarships for these guys that are not playing every day so good for them to get their recognition and it is a nice ceremony I'm going to make my way in there before three o'clock so I can watch it yeah, 3 o'clock, the uh, senior day ceremony. Interesting from Coach Malzahn's Monday presser, he talked about how UCF is going to continue to attract transfers. That kind of got lost a little bit, I think, to most people in his Monday presser. But, you know, UCF is going to be aggressive in that. Again, point spread in this one, 18, 18 and a half. Mike, you asked on your Twitter this week, what would be an appropriate margin? Of course, avenging 64-12. But I asked, what do you think the night's margin will be? 1 to 12 points, 28%. 13 to 25, nearly half of the people thought it'd be in that range. 26 or more, the optimists there, a quarter of our respondents thought that. And, of course, this is a team over in Tampa struggling ninth to last in scoring offense, scoring defense. Let us uh, get the pulse of the uh, South Florida program by welcoming in Chris Torello, sports reporter, Spectrum Bay News 9. Uh, of course, we've got Spectrum 13 here in Central Florida. Chris, welcome into the Sons of UCF Live. It's so nice of you to let me come in and uh, chat well, from your mountaintop uh, as I've been listening to you guys for the past few minutes. So uh, from lowly Tampa, yes, hello. Big fan of Tampa, not a big fan of the Cows. Let's start big picture. What is the state of this program? We like to have fun uh, you know, at their expense. But from your assessment, you live there, you cover the program on a regular basis. Where does this program stand overall now being left behind by UCF as they move on to the big 12? <laughs> uh, I think it's, um, it's definitely fun uh, to, to cover a team that, you know, I've seen them really good. I've seen them not so good. So from a media member standpoint, it's been, um, it's, it's definitely keeps it interesting, right? I, I look, I, I have my fun with USF fans. I have my fun with UCF fans, but at the end of the day, it's about journalism. It's about reporting. And, um, you know, I think you've seen a lot of progress, whether the results have been there with their record being two and nine, one and six. I think the real shocker had to be, um, you know, the Tulane game. I think if the Tulane game never happens the way it does uh, this past week, it's very different. So, um, you know, I, I think if they don't go out and lay that egg, we're sitting here talking about something different. I think there was a lot of confidence after the way they performed against Houston, the way they performed against Cincinnati. They put up a fight. Um, they put up fights all season long, except maybe the NC State game. They played hard against the Gators. Look, this is truly year one. It's not propaganda. Anyone who thought last year counted for, for Jeff Scott, except for a record, last year was awful uh, for everybody across the world. So um, this is truly year one, and I think you're seeing a real culture shift and it's not going to be as quick as look USF fans want. They wanted the Scott Frost miracle where things came together. They had a great quarterback and they would be able to go on their way. It's not going to happen. You know, you're, you know, this isn't the six and seven to 13 and zero story. You got to do it your way. And um, you know, obviously we've seen Josh Heupel come in and nearly ruin the program. So I think, uh, you know, they're going to have to, you know, they, you know, I think Jeff Scott's trying to build it his way. Chris, we saw that Glenn Spencer was let go this past week. Interesting timing. One week left in the season, obviously the last game for uh, for South Florida. What do you think was behind that move, and do you think it was justified? 
Yeah, oh, yeah, it was absolutely justified. Look, I never like to fire someone until they're fired. Uh, you know, you get rumblings the past couple of weeks that this is an imminent move, right? I think the timing is interesting, but here's what I here's what I kind of gathered. So I was not in New Orleans for this game, um, but from what I gathered after the loss, athletic director Michael Kelly was very. Michael Kelly has two walks. He has the very calm, you know, through the through the park walk, you know, which is him most of the time. And then I call him Michael Corleone Kelly, where he, you know, drops the gun. He's killed the police commissioner and the rival mob boss, and he has to flee to Italy. So that was the walk I think was being described to me because he was very upset. He went over to Jeff Scott, told him he was upset. And I think that's what kind of escalated. Uh, Sunday morning, Glenn Spencer was fired. And we were all kind of, I was kind of notified. I was at Disney. I made that very clear on Twitter. I was at Disney trying to enjoy my day off. That got ruined. Um, and so right about one o'clock, I started getting some text messages. And then by four o'clock, it was pretty much, is he going to be the only one? Um, and then uh, they had their team meeting around 645. We held off out of respect until, you know, everything was tweeted, ready to tweet. And I think it was 704 or something like that. They released the statement and we tweeted it out. Chris, you seem to get your kicks getting under the skin of UCF fans on Twitter. Uh, only a couple years left in this rivalry. War on I-4 is almost over. When UCF moves on, are you going to continue trolling the UCF fans or are you going to focus more on FAU after that? I don't troll, so I don't know what you're talking about. Um, uh, I think if it's if um, if there's truth, it's not trolling. So uh, if I hold up a mirror, I hold up a mirror. And uh, if anyone who takes, you know, look, Twitter can be used seriously for for obviously reporting news, for for streaming stuff like this, for you know, and you you know, doing a great job with, you know, we just saw, you know, playing a really cool. Uh, you know, a good soundbite there from Gus Malzahn, who I'm a big, big fan of. I had Jason Beatty on last night on my um, Warren I-4 preview, which you can find on our Spectrum News sites. Um, and I'll tell you what, I think uh, Gus Malzahn is going to do wonders there. He's unbelievable. I think UCF can win the American next year. Um, if, if they're okay with, if they're okay with that, I know they're so above that right now, but um, <laughs> if they're okay with playing that schedule, uh, next year apparently that's their their greatest schedule ever if that's their greatest schedule ever then that 2017 team obviously didn't deserve to go anywhere they got exactly what they deserved in the peach bowl but um you know i think you know saying that i troll eh i think i have fun and uh there's times to be serious there's times to be fun on twitter twitter's not real life unfortunately we see in politics news Everyone takes Twitter way too freaking seriously. And I think you need some people that can almost hold up the mirror and say, look, no one's better than anybody. Just have fun with it. So I have my fun with USF fans. There's times USF fans want to, you know, put me up in effigy. So, I mean, I look, there's times UCF fans don't like me. And then there's a time I post something in the net and in the comments are filled with, wait, I thought we were supposed to hate this guy. So, you know, that's, that's the way it goes. And you know what? You got to have fun with it. If you if you completely just want to go out there and, and take a side, I don't have a side. I did not go to USF. I certainly didn't go to UCF. Um, and so I, I you know, I, I'm from Connecticut. I that's you know my background. I went to Providence. So I mean, I, I really don't have a connection to either school. Uh, but yeah, I have fun. Again, anyone who thinks I'm trolling, sorry, that's on you. And I'm sorry if your feelings get hurt. An equal opportunity troll. A uh, very equal opportunity. That's great artwork. Hold on. Hold that down for a second. Hold it down. Hold that down for a second. Okay. Oh my goodness. Oh, let's talk self portrait. Let's talk a little X's. We got two Chris Torellos on the screen at the same time. Look at that. Oh no, that's far better looking. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not gonna argue there. Let's get into some of the X's and O's of this game. Tell us about quarterback Timmy McLean. Five touchdowns on the season, seven interceptions, but you see some glimpses there that the future might look bright with him at the helm. Oh, he's I think he absolutely and I think what's um what's really fun about Timmy is is that, you know, I and I, I think a lot of Central Florida people know about him because he was playing there at Seminole with his buddy Jimmy Horn and they both came over to Tampa. Uh so he he's he's special. He's gonna make mistakes. I think the the playbook has been opening up for him throughout the year. You're starting to see more of the uh, he's throwing it more. He's got a great arm. I think people think because he can run like Quentin Flowers that that's it. 
He can throw the ball extremely well. He's going to become extremely accurate throughout his time. Um, and, you know, there's a couple plays. I kid you not, if you if you just wa- looked at the number nine and you watched the play without knowing that was Timmy McClain, you would think it's it's Quinton. It's that dangerous. Um, but he's got a long way to go. And, um, you know, this offense has a little ways to go, but they, they've shown glimpses. You know, they've shown the ability to 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 go on some runs. I think it's going to be really critical for them. They need to get off to a good start. Do what they did against Tulane with that first drive. Go down, go up 7-0 if they get the ball first. And, and then, you know, we'll see what happens with a defense that's going to be run by uh, Daniel Del Prado and uh, Ernie Sims. So hopefully some renewed energy on that side of the ball. Look, we know this well from that 2017 matchup. Sometimes you don't need a lot of defense. You just need timely defense. So I think that's that's going to be important in this game. It's going to be if their defense can do something. You know, we've seen UCF struggle this year at times. They've been up and down. That's a fact. Um, so we'll see what happens. But I think if you if USF can come out and get hot early, who knows? It could be a fun. It could be fun. Uh, it could be a fun game, and I think um, that'd be a nice thing to see. Last year was very interesting. I never thought I would have saw the way that game played out, but uh, certainly, hopefully, not a 34-7 game like two years ago. That's just really boring, especially when you're on the field shooting highlights and trying to get stuff. That's yeah, not fun at all from a media perspective. Chris, do you have a sense of what the crowd will look like? How many folks from Tampa is gonna, are going to make the trek over to uh, to the bounce house to watch the game? have their fans i mean it's not going to be a lot i think um whatever tickets they were given i'm sure a lot of parents and friends and uh, family will try and make their way over i know there's you know the hardcore fans are going to try and get over there um uh you know look it's it's a fun place to go to i i was talking you know i have my my favorites on on twitter and a couple of them are ucf ucf sports info i enjoy talking with them a lot um you know it's uh it's, you know, so I think the passion that is there for the UCF fan base will certainly drown out any green and gold, but yeah, yeah they'll, they'll have their fans. I don't think it's anything going to be too, too much, but uh, they'll, they'll have their sliver, uh, but it should be a true home game for UCF. That's the way this is. And uh, I'm sure we're going to, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's always fun to go over there. As an unbiased media journalist, how do you prefer Thank to watch you. the games? Thank you. Yes. How, do you prefer up in the press box or do you like to I'm patrol on the, field. the I'm sidelines? With, I'm, I'm with the people, baby. I'm on the field with the common folk. I like to be close to people. I like to reach up and talk to them, give my heart to them and their heart to me. Um, I'm, uh, you know, I, I, I don't understand the me. I like sitting in a media box. I think it's fun, but you don't feel the game from up there. And, and I think for, for me, I always try and, you know, even when I'm, even when I do have, I'm lucky enough to have a photographer, someone shoot the game for me. Uh, I just don't like to be that way. I understand people got different jobs and different things they got to get done during a game. And it's really tough to tweet for cell service in that, in that uh, stadium. But uh, it's a lot more fun. I'll never forget standing there uh, when, uh, when Hughes took that ball back. I remember there was a, there was a stadium security guard. I was standing on the where he caught the ball, that end zone. And I remember standing right there watching him score. And I, and my face, the, the security guard came over and grabbed me. And he said, are you having a heart attack? And I said, no. I said, it's just the greatest freaking thing I've ever seen in my life. You know, I was one of the greatest games you'll ever see. So I have so much fun feeling the game, especially in a stadium like you guys have. It's a lot of fun. And I would rather be there on the field enjoying it. And you can see a lot more. A player gets injured, right? Or you can see a coaching conversation a little bit better. So, um, and I like to go by both benches. I, st- you know, we got News 13 over there. And I know, I think Bree McNaught's going to be there. She does a great job. People should follow her. So, I mean, I, I like to go by and see different people. And I'm friendly with most of the, with most of the Orlando media. There's a few outliers, uh, but that's good. It's good to have enemies. Name them. one of them posted the other day uh something that they shouldn't have posted i'll just say that uh let's go back here a little bit more on the offense you've talked about quarterback timmy mcclain i had to do a double take when i looked at the stats jared mangum the running back with 15 touchdowns this season transfer the colorado transfer he's actually tied marlon max single season rushing record by a running back um this kid out of uh detroit um, sensational kid. Uh, what a get he was for, for them. And, um, um, 
you know, I, I think coming out of, he was actually there with Mel Tucker at Colorado, I believe. And uh, he went through a situation where his grandmother passed away and he just felt that the situation wasn't right for him. He felt the family aspect wasn't as strong as he liked it to be. And uh, give credit to USF because they get a kid like that who had offers from Texas A&M, Texas, uh, Michigan State, who I think has his little brother going in there next year, the year after. And he's a pretty well-respected uh, player. Uh, so, yeah, for, for Jaron, the second he hit the transfer portal, I think his dad said uh, Jeff Scott was on the phone with him like five seconds afterwards. So that's that's a great thing, and uh, they're going to need that transfer portal to find more guys like Jaron Mangum. Not just good players, but good people. Jaron's a really good person. He comes from a really good family, and that's something you want at the end of the day. I heard you guys talking about senior day. One thing I'll say and one thing I absolutely hate and I will never respect on social media is if you go after a kid. Um, you know, if their time is done and they want to transfer, they want to, you know, leave or and they can graduate, they should be able to do what they want. If they want to sign with, you know, a, a team that you don't like tough, live with, deal with it. You're a grown person. That's an 18 year old making a lifetime decision. So, um, you know, I, I have so much respect for all these players. I envy their decisions, but I also understand there's a lot behind it. So I was happy for Jaron cause he got his family aspect. That's one thing people, you know, you, you can say about Jeff Scott is he's created a real good family atmosphere <laughs> over here. And that's important when you're going through the tough times. Yeah, let's talk about Jeff Scott for a second. Obviously, you mentioned 2020 was just a, an odd year, buddy. It's, it's hard to really understand really what that year means. But obviously, year, year one, to your point of, of Jeff Scott era. So fill in the blank for me. The Jeff Scott tenure so far has been blank. It's been um, – prog- it, it, it's been sl- – muddy i'll say the word muddy because you got to go through that mud you got to get your feet dirty and you got to come out the other end and clean them off clean the feet off and unfortunately right now they're just it's just they're going through that the sludge right it's that you know i'm from from the northeast and you get that weather in late october where you go from 60 degree days to 37 and rainy and your body's just you, you feel like you're going to go into shock that's unfortunately what usf's going through right now and they're coming through it though they're starting to warm up. They're starting to get the shoes clean through the mud. It doesn't, it's not perfect right now, but I'll tell you what, I really believe this team's going to look a lot better next year. Very good chance they could be one and three out of the non-conference again because they actually play real opponents. But I think as they get to the American next year, it's really going to serve them well. It's going to be a really bell, better battle tested. There's a lot of transfers coming in, JUCOs. And um, I think people are going to be surprised with what we what you see come early signing day for USF. I don't know about you, but Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. Tomorrow's Thanksgiving. Very thankful. We're able to do this podcast every week. We've discussed my favorite Thanksgiving Day side dishes. I insist you have to have a piece of bread to wipe everything up. What do you think? Is it, What's your favorite? Do you go with a biscuit? you go with cornbread or just a plain bread troll? I don't do any of that. No, thank you. That's No, no, thank no. you. I, I clean my plate. Th- I clean my plate and that's <laughs> it. I move on to the next the next helping. So the bread just ruins it. I've already got potato and my famous mac and cheese. Why the hell do I need more bread? You know? So no. Not a bread guy. Uh, this Watch interview. Oh no, I eat plenty of bread. You can see that. So what's that? <laughs> Chris, we've been all over the place here. I, I keep trying to steer us back to some you football can, you, time. You, you do that. That's usually my job <laughs> on the show and my podcast. I'm letting it fly tonight, baby. <laughs> let's uh let's wrap up. I got two questions that we'll wrap up with. <laughs> What has to go right for South Florida to come out of the bounce house with a victory on Friday? Well, I still go back to this. Look, I like Mikey Keene, and I think y'all are in for a quarterback uh, discussion in the offseason. But I think if Mikey Keene makes some mistakes, if the defense can somehow stick around – a little bit, play with heart, play with – they got some guys back there. Antonio Greer is one of the toughest guys you'll see. He plays with all heart. If they can get you know some pressure, if they can have them make some mistakes, but I really think it comes down to can they, can they get to a fast start and can they not make the stupid penalties that wipe things off the board. I go back to Tulsa. They had a 50-yard punt return. It was they were celebrating on the sideline and I'm pointing to the middle of the field cuz there's a flag for, you know, blocking in the back. So, you know, can they can they play disciplined? Can their defense show up? I think Glenn Spencer's a good coach, but I think they got tired of the voice. 
Daniel DePrado is a completely different voice, so much energy, and I've seen him on the sideline energize his punter, his kicker, all his guys on, on special teams. So I think him and Ernie Sims, who was a heck of a player, I think it's going to be fun to watch them. Just, yeah, just go out there and look, look, USF's not, what do they have to lose? This season's over either way. So they might as well go out and throw the kitchen sink. I think you're going to see a lot of jet sweep. I think you're going to see a lot of motion. I think you're going to see a lot of fun. And so I think if they just go have fun and they play within themselves, don't let the emotion of the game get into them and, and just play and play sound and, and see if they can finally put together four good quarters. Uh, even if they don't win, if they can play four good quarters, I think we could have a contest into the fourth quarter. And you're on the scene in Tampa. Can you give us the very latest on the indoor practice facility and the on-campus stadium? Indoor practice facility is going to be up probably by the summer. That um, that that's news been out there for a while. Um, so they should they should be able to practice in there and not have these things called thunderstorms ruining their uh, August. After. I don't know if they forgot about it for the last hundred years, but uh, August is uh, is a time where they get rain here in Tampa. So um, that'll happen. Um, OCS, what I'm hearing, and others I think would say this too, it would be very surprising if we don't have some type of blueprint, some type of true kind of outlined plan with goal, with you know expectation of price, you know how it's going to look, where it's going, the, the the timeline. It would be shocking if we don't have that before the end of the calendar year. Um, so by the next, the next four or five weeks, um, we should have some sort of plan and, um, yeah. And I think they need both of those. They need those. They updated their locker room, which is gorgeous. And they need, uh, look, they got to start playing better, but look, if USF, I've said this before to people, if this was 2016 before, Je if this was what, 2015, that Owen 12 record for UCF and that year that the big 12 comes calling is UCF going, Maybe not. Maybe it's USF instead. You know, I think timing's everything. Michael Kelly says that a lot over here. I think timing will be fine for USF when the next round comes around. I don't think it's, I don't think they're going to, you know, we'll see what happens with the big 12. We'll see. Could be something else. Um, but I think they're starting to get their pieces in, but I'll say this. They really, really are behind and they shouldn't be. Um, but you know, it's shocking to see some other places that are behind Florida was behind. They're building a big place, but you know, give UCF credit. They've, they've taken, they've taken the momentum when they should, and they've, they've built that lazy river and, uh, that's exactly what they need to do. And they've built some really good things there. Great momentum. I love Terry, the AD there. He's a, he's a steal. Um, he's their hype man. He's the right hype man. And uh, I think Gus Malzahn is just a hell of a coach over there. So USF needs to keep up with you know, needs to really chase UCF on more of the, you know, the stadium stuff and all that. They need to get to that level. Not so worried about, you know, whether they're going to play them in the future or go to the big 12 with them or go to another power five. They got to take care of themselves right now. Chris Torello, Spectrum Sports. We value and appreciate your time this evening. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. Take care. All right. Thank you, Chris. Good sport, Mike. You dished with him a bit. He's still here. Oh, look at <laughs> Our potatoes bread? Oh, he said he already has potatoes in his macaroni and cheese. He has enough bread. Is that? I thought that was a whole different. It's a starch or something. It's a, it's a carb. He's, but... he's, he's trolling bread now. But um, just UCF will have opportunity, perhaps, to play over in the non-on-campus stadium of, uh, of the cows, if one bold projection is right. What about this USA Today against the Gators in the Gasparilla Bowl? That's, uh, do you, could you see, uh, this of course assumes Florida can beat Florida State. They reeling after firing their head coach. I, I would love it, Trace. I just, I can't see a scenario where Scott Strickland, their AD, with an interim coach at that point, right? Because Dan Mullen obviously has been let go and they won't have a new coach. Would would let the Gators play an in-state team with the possibility of losing and having that kind of on their mark. I, I can't imagine that either himself or Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner, would let that happen. So I would love it. I think it'd be fantastic. But I got to think the power brokers that be would just fight tooth and nail to make that go away. I don't think the SEC is even able to send a team to the Gasparilla Bowl. I don't think it's one of their tie-ins. If anything, it's an ACC school, but it's a it's a American school or Conference USA. I think ACC is the backup. 
there's no way we're playing the Gators in the Gasparilla. Florida State, Miami, small possibility, but I don't see that happening either. CBS Sports has the Knights against Virginia in the Military Bowl. Uh, Action Network, week in, week out. They've got UCF in the Hawaii Bowl this week's opponent, Nevada. Sports Illustrated has UCF against Central Michigan in the Boca Bowl. They're not going back to the Boca Bowl. So that they could be going back to the Boca Bowl. Nah, they're not going back to the Boca Bowl. It's either going to be that or the Cure Bowl or, or Gasparilla. Those are the three. ESPN's got uh, against Florida in the Birmingham Bowl or against Missouri in the Birmingham Bowl. We field a question coming up in the Suns mailbag about uh, what makes a bowl game attractive for UCF. But those are the latest. And I know I've been doing this week in and week out really just to kind of annoy you, Mike, given bowl projections after week one. But UCF got to put it together to be at eight wins. All right. All right. It's Thanksgiving uh, Thursday. Uh, True or false time? Female turkeys gobble. False. True. False. They chirp or make clucking sounds? Oh, yeah, they do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had a guest last week, Mike, in your absence, Stephen Ulmer. He's a UCF fan who covers analytics, does the X's and O's of UCF football, very active on his Twitter, showing plays. We had to work through some of the wrinkles with that. He's been good to work with Adam and preparing a little bit of a video compilation and i believe we have steven joining us again this week steven good to see you again on the sons of ucf live hey how's it going guys good to see you good to see you so you adam have been working together you've been putting together some uh some videos uh let's uh let's go into those and what what plays do you have to break down for us this week um one is or it's a couple plays from the uconn game one on defense um showing uh the rpo a lot of or Something that we'll see, something similar. I'll, I'll explain it in the video. And then uh, an offensive play where I, I highlight uh, a running back uh, not sticking with it. And it kind of makes the offensive line look bad. So I want to give them their credit. Adam, <laughs> let's roll in. I wanted to highlight this play because we'll probably see similar plays on Friday. But they won't take the form of a pass. It'll be more like an RPO. Basically, this linebacker is in conflict between the swing and the slant. On Friday, they'll probably have a running option as well. If the linebacker sinks, you throw the swing. If the linebacker follows the swing, you throw the slant. UCF is in one man, so the linebacker follows the swing. This is a pre-snap RPO that UCF runs, but I'd like to see him run it more. Depending on the linebacker's alignment, you either throw the bubble screen or you run it up the middle. He's somewhere in between those spots, so we hand it off. The circled defenders show a little bit, so the running back bounces it, but he should really stick with it up the middle. If Anthony Richards breaks an arm tackle and sticks with it up the middle, it's a 10-yard gain, if not a touchdown. Adam, what do you think of those? Yeah, offensive and defensive play, Stephen. I'm curious. Obviously, the the Cows have a, a quarterback, Timmy McLean, who we, we think is a better runner um, than we've seen uh, so, so far. Maybe reminds me a little bit of the quarterback that Memphis played. How do you think UCF's defense stacks up against kind of a, a mobile quarterback, a quarterback who will escape the pocket quickly and get out and try to make plays? Uh, I think uh, Tatum Bethune is a linebacker that can play sideline to sideline. So if he's having a good game, we're going to have somebody out there that – can kind of be an eraser for our defense. I also think our defensive line is a little more athletic than it has been in previous years. Uh, and then we have uh, Justin Hodges and Quadric Bullard, who are pretty fast guys and not afraid to tackle either. We've seen Gus a couple times break out some trick plays. We saw a fake field goal against Navy. We've seen uh, wide receivers throw passes. What do you think we're best at? What do you, can we expect on Friday? What kind of trick plays are we looking at? Oh, trip plays. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see kind of a, you know, misdirection kind of screen, uh, maybe, uh, you know, double reverse, something like that. Something that's like working off one of our existing plays. Uh, he Gus is creative, though, so there's really no telling what uh, he's going to whip out. What's your confidence level in a night's victory on Friday? Um, you know, it's a rivalry game, so you have to take that into account. But I think we should win the lines of scrimmage uh, or the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. I think we'll be able to pin our ears back and attack on defense. And then uh, I think I think we'll be able to get some matchups with Jalen Robinson, Ryan O'Keefe. Uh, I, I think we're the better football team. 
Stephen, we'll wrap up with this one for you, Stephen. What's uh, as you obviously you watch a lot of tape as we're watching the game either at home or in the stands. What is one thing that you key in on that you think that UCF fans should watch for to help us understand how Mikey Keene is flowing from an offensive standpoint? What's is there a is there a play? Is there a read? Is there something that fans that are home and watching can kind of key in on to sort of see maybe how Mikey's progression is going? Yeah, sure. Um, Really, any situation where we're running it, we have a couple of receivers out to the wide on either side. Um, you kind of want to look at the slot corner outside linebacker that's floating between the box and the receivers. If that guy is closer to the box, you want to see us throwing bubble screens to Ryan O'Keefe, Jalen Robinson. If he's staying outside, we want to run it. So that's you know a big part of pre-snap decision-making. And he's had some mistakes there, I think. I, I can't really know exactly what play was called. But most of the time, I, I think he does a good job, but he's, he's missing those. You can't know what the play was called. All right, you got to work on that for next week's show. <laughs> you got to know that. No, no pressure. Steven, uh, we appreciate you breaking down some plays. Uh, love that we found you and engaged with you here towards the end of the season. Uh, maybe we'll have you back on next week to do a little bit more of this X's and O's. Yeah, that sounds great. All right, Steven, thanks so much. Happy Thanksgiving. UCF's Ron Jaworski, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Jaws. <laughs> now, Adam, may I, I like the, what we did here with the video this week. Is there possible we could get a little NFL films music underneath or maybe a little that uh, uh, Mike, what's your sister's uh, company <laughs> <the> music? <laughs> paper, is that paper and lace? Oh, is the that music underneath. Uh, I'll see what I can do. I mean, I'd have to get it. Steven actually made that video himself. So uh, big thanks to Steven for taking the time to cut that up. So he's actually still in the green room. Uh, so maybe he heard your assignment <laughs> and he can get cue up some NFL films, John Facenda music to see if he can put that underneath. Or the, the, the music you play under the... Uh, the commercial spot. For, for He's Mike's indicating he can, he can pull it off. So, uh, all right. Uh, I see a thumbs up. Uh, the bar uh, has been raised, Stephen. I don't know. I mean, careful what you sign up for with Trace Trelko, because when you tell him you can do it, he's going to be expecting it next week. So just FYI. Uh, he's, got a, he's got eight days to prepare, <laughs> okay, know. since we're on a special Wednesday night edition. Rumor has it, Adam, that you're going to be sticking around for basketball on Saturday. Mike, you as well? I wish I could. I can't. My wife's on my case. I got to get back. <laughs> I've got my daughter's birthday party on Sunday. It's a big extravaganza we got going on here. I got to get back on Saturday and just help her out at least a little bit on Saturday. So I got to head back Saturday morning. Happy birthday to your daughter. She turns what age? Eight. Eight. Happy eight. Yeah. All right. So, Adam, you'll be there. Yeah, uh, a I big will, one for be. the Knights. Uh, uh, they are seventy. Uh, they beat uh, Evansville seventy-five and fifty-nine to move to four zero. They're receiving some votes in the USA Today poll, which is good early on. Uh, balance here: two home, two road. An opportunity with Oklahoma, which is playing tonight against Houston Baptist, lost the other night uh, to fall to four and one. But you know how this goes. This is a high-profile name uh, in college sports, and, and that'd be a good early season win for the Knights. But very talented team. Tanner, their post guy, is one of the best post players in the country. He's so versatile. He can score outside. He can go around the basket and score as well. And they're a very good three-point shooting basketball team. They're, they're probably one of the most efficient teams offensively in the country. I think two-point field goals, they may be the best team in the nation at this point in time. So a very efficient offensive team. You know, a great coach, of course. He's done a terrific job wherever he's been. And, uh, and they'll be ready to compete. It's entirely possible head coach Johnny Dawkins was not looking at me when he answered that question. Yeah, I, I think so. And maybe he was looking at some of the guys on the court trace because we've actually had, I, I think, some really uh, um, encouraging performances this year. Ty Freeman has played really well. Darius Perry has played really well. Darren Green Jr. has played really well. Uh, and so I, I like the depth the Knights have. So maybe he was looking at all the guys on the court being like, man, I can't believe I got like eight or nine deep here. Where last year he was ha happy to maybe have five or six to play a game. So. Uh, but certainly, you got to like what they did against Evansville. It was a, a pretty easy victory for the Knights. Oklahoma has Florida right after UCF, so maybe they're looking ahead a little bit. Uh, but uh, I'm excited to, to be in the, the Edition Financial Arena. We got to get a better nickname for that place, by the way. Is that the Dungeon? What do we call that? Uh, we got to get a better. Uh, it's still the Dungeon. Is it the Dungeon? You heard Biggie last week. I helped coin the term Dungeon. Let's yeah. stick with Dungeon. So it should. Dylan be Gabriel, by the way, makes money touting Edition Financial. I don't believe we. We make any money touting it. Uh, let me check. No, we don't. <laughs> this is a big week for basketball, guys. We got Oklahoma, and let's not forget Wednesday night, Auburn comes. Well, we got to go to Auburn. Go they to Auburn. Number 19. I believe they lost to UConn today or yesterday. They're in, uh, I think, the Bahamas tournament. Yeah. But a very good team. So two 
big P5 games coming up. We got to start, like I said on the podcast, I think we have to at least split these games. These are games we have to win. These are resume builders for later on in the year. And they really are starting to put together that resume. Uh, you saw uh, they did better Saturday at Evansville and uh, rebounding on the boards. Uh, they have done really well free throw shooting. And again, this is without Isaiah Adams really heating up. Brandon Mahan really hasn't taken off, but uh, you've got consistency. And, and the key word all of this uh, season so far has been depth. Yeah, you mentioned Isaiah Adams. Mike and I talked about it on the show. I think he's averaging six points a game, shooting 32% from the floor. Those, those obviously are not stellar numbers. So you hope at some point he can figure it out. You you hear about the sophomore slump, and perhaps that's what he's going through right now. But this is a team last year, if, if Isaiah Adams had averaged six points, we would have been you know one and three or two and two at this point. I think it speaks to your point, Trace, the depth. Ty Freeman is able to come in. Dre Fuller was huge against Jacksonville. I don't think we win that game without Dre Fuller. Uh, and we're able to continue. Brandon Mahan and and Darius Perry lead the league in no, 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 yes shots uh, that seem to seem to go in at some point. So I think that that consistency and that depth is going to be huge. And I really like the the front line defense. I think Bakke and TJ Walker are going to be formidable down low. So there's a lot of good pieces for UCF. Now, can we stay healthy? Can we keep it together. I think Mike said on the show, this would be a quad two victory against Oklahoma if we can pull it off. So um, you talk about, you know, it's never too early to think about building that resume, particularly when you're in a, you know, a, a non-power conference like we are. Never too early to get one of those quad wins on the board for UCF. Yeah, agreed. Uh, let's go around the kingdom. Volleyball just wrapped up on the plus. They swept Tulane. They moved to 25-6 and six overall, 18-1 in the AAC. Four consecutive AAC championships for these nights now 25th in the rpi mckenna melville just really going to be an all-american and should be sixth offensive player of the week award for her in the aac they close out at houston friday ncaa tournament selection uh on the weekend and uh nights looking good but we will see where they face who they face and where they may go in the ncaa tournament women's basketball they beat belmont 57 45 to move to three and one diamond battles with 16. they're off to cancun they play Idaho State Friday, USC on Saturday. Before we get into the mailbag questions, what are the most hated Thanksgiving staples? This is a Harris poll of gazillions of Americans. What are the one, two, three, four, five most hated Thanksgiving staples? We doing this family feud style? Uh, just, just just throw something cranberry, out. Cranberry sauce. Cranberry sauce is number one, 29%. My Man. So ham, no, no, ham is not on that top five. Adam. Um, is there, uh, let me go, um, man, give me green beans. Green bean casserole, 24%. That's second. Mike, get it on the board here. Wow, Mike. Are you uh, playing or have we started? <laughs> Pecan pie. Uh, no. I'm naming all the things I like, so I'm glad they're not on the list. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, last one for you. Uh, give me... Sweet potato casserole. Sweet potatoes, 22% for third. You've got one through three so far. Mike, can you get on the board here? Uh, no. <laughs> Turducken. I don't know. Turducken. No. All right, Adam, last chance here. See if you can – give me two. See if you can close out the entire category. Uh, give, me, give me stuffing and then give me uh, uh, mac and cheese. I don't know. No, no. Uh, fourth Adam doesn't like any of these foods. That's why it's easy for him. Sorry, I like I yes. eat anything. So, I actually like sweet potatoes, Mike. But you you <laughs> watch your mouth. Fourth is pumpkin pie at twenty one percent, and turkey. Turkey's fifth at nineteen percent. Pumpkin uh, let's, pie. Uh, let's dig into that mailbag. Our buddy Brian W. Peterson, who is always great to engage on Twitter all week long. With Dan Mullen's departure from Florida, any chance there's interest in Gus? Stop this. Stop with this talk, Brian injecting you and JP with the conspiracy theories all week. And if so, any chance Gus would actually leave Orlando for Gainesville? No. How about assistant coaches? Now that we may see, but I'm not sure T. Will is ready yet to make that jump. Yeah, I want to come down on Brian because I agree with you, Trace. Like, let, let's let's have something nice for a full year without you know without ruining it. But the reality is, college football is the way that it is. We see coaches sign one year contracts and leave, uh, you know, for greener pastures, quote unquote. So I guess you can't rule that out. But I do agree with you. I don't think Gus goes anywhere. But a hot take: I do not think that this coaching staff we have this year will be intact next year. Yeah, there's already talks of people maybe uh, JG Kinney, GJ Kinney moving on. Maybe Both next year he's got connections somewhere else. But um. Let's face it, guys. If Gus was getting offers from Florida or LSU or any of those SEC schools, he's gone. 
There's nothing we can we can't keep them. We don't have the money to pay them, but I don't think they're coming after them. So that's the good news. Um, the the rest of the staff, who knows? I mean, hopefully, T will. You'd love to see the the core of the staff stick around at least for a few years. After you all pay your season ticket renewals, we'll have a little bit more and money for these coaches. Yeah, and your parking. <laughs> yeah. At uh, S T E T L E. What do fans value most in a bowl game? If it's not a New Year's Six, uh, is it the competitive matchup nearby or state location, a far away sightseeing vacation, or getting an easy W? I think that's interesting when you looked at those bowl projections. Do you want, if you're Mike, the game in, in Boca, uh, or if you're our, our Tampa fans, the Gasparilla Bowl? I, I think you still want a matchup uh, against a Missouri or a Florida for me, I, I don't have a lot of interest in Fenway, in Boston, in winter, or D.C. for the Military Bowl. Even Birmingham will be cold uh, in late December. I think it's I think it's location, and I think it's date. I think we forget about that. Obviously, you know, a midweek, a Tuesday afternoon bowl game can be really tough for people to get to. So, I think it's location, and I think it's I think it's day of the week or, or date of the game. Uh, I think that can impact folks a lot. If it's, you know, Christmas Eve or the day after Christmas, that's a tough travel event. But if you get a bowl game, that's a, a few days after that, or a few days before that, you have some options. So I think it's location and day of the week. Yeah, we've been spoiled now going to three New Year's Six bowl games in the last few years. Anything less than that, we kind of poo-poo it. But um, I actually don't want the Boca Bowl, even though it's as closest to me, because we have the basketball game the same day. And I want to enjoy that whole day over in Sunrise. My preference would be Gasparilla Bowl. It's a perfect day. It's a perfect time. December 23rd at 7 o'clock, you go up there Friday night or Thursday night for the game. I have Friday off. I come back Friday, get ready for Christmas Eve. To me, that's the best one. And uh, UCF needs to just get with you on your travel schedule and availability <laughs> so they can play Barry a bowl Hodger, look into Mike's eyes. This is what we need for a bowl game. Really, I need more of both of you to have a conversation with Timo on Friday about hot dog, seltzer, and uh, the bowl trip. Uh, we'll be in the cabana if he wants to stop by, Terry. Uh, 228A, swing on by. At UCF me, Buck so. 98. Uh, if Dylan Gabriel is able to play Friday or, and or in the bowl game, and we barely talked about him, which is telling, uh, because the most news he's made all week is for uh, giving out gifts at a sunglass store. Will it have any impact on his eligibility? Are we just guessing that next year is his last? Hmm? He's been sick. I mean, he's been under the weather, of course. Come on. Um, Does this impact his eligibility? Uh, You know, with the way the COVID year is, he's got like a lot of years left. Uh, I'm not worried about a lot of years. I'm worried about are we going to see him at all? Uh, And it certainly doesn't sound like we're going to see him Friday, which does raise an interesting question. Uh, If he's not 100%, wouldn't it be better now just to stick with Mikey? Yeah, first things, I mean, the eligibility question. I don't think this is an eligibility play at all, right? So, obviously, this is his third year academically at UCF. You throw out the COVID year, so he's really only played one full season. So, he's, he's if he, even if this season counts, he's got two years left, plus he has a grad transfer year. So, that's three. There's no reason for him to take a medical break. He doesn't need four years of college left. He's not staying for four more years of college football. So, I don't think the redshirt thing matters. But to your point, Trace, the, the sick, the illness thing, he looked healthy on Saturday night on the bench. He looked healthy throwing the football around. Things happen. Mike looks healthy right now. Yeah, Ah. he sure does. We did not see him Sunday. We did not see him Monday. So I guess the question is, is this a a smokescreen for Gus for one of two reasons? One, he's playing and we don't want to tell anybody. Or B, he has no interest in playing and we're trying to figure out a way to share that with the group. If that's the case, obviously, I think Mikey's done a, a... a good job. I mean, what more can you expect a true freshman quarterback to get thrown into the fire first year and deal with everything he's dealt with? All things considered, I think we'll look back on that season two, three years from now and go, hey, you know what? Mikey Keene really deserves a pat on the back for what he did to keep UCF afloat if we finish eight and four. That's still a pretty darn good record. So I, there's questions. I don't think this is an eligibility play from Dylan's uh, perspective at all, though. He's not sick. He's not sick. I don't know where that came from. I don't buy it for a second. So hopefully we see him out there on Friday. If not, I think you can pretty much guarantee that he's not going to be here next year. That's hard-hitting journalism right there. At Knights HSV, this will be right up your alley, Mike. If uh, Dylan leaves early or finishes his career at UCF with no conference championship, will he go down as the most overrated player in UCF history, it seems a stretch to me. Uh, there's been a five-star or two, right, or a four-star or two that, that flamed out. Uh, he's certainly not the most overrated. Well, that's interesting. So the words matter here. Um, those guys would be overhyped. So I think that's where this matters. Is he the most overrated? I mean, look, 
His winning percentage is going to be at a high clip. He's obviously going to have a lot of records. If you want to say that the big game has never really been on his resume, that's a that's a. Fair is that because criticism. of him? But that's a problem. That's a fair criticism. But he also doesn't control all of that. Now, to be fair, if he played better in some of these teams, perhaps we win those games. But it is what it is. I think it'd be a stretch to say most overrated. Um, but. I certainly could understand why somebody may ask that question and why that would be a conversation. But I think there's enough uh, data points to point to him being a really good player that for, for whatever reason in the era he was in, just wasn't able to get things accomplished that maybe we expected him to do. It sounds like a top five list to me. Most overrated I, players. I don't know if he's overrated, but he won't crack the top five quarterbacks ever. If he doesn't play another oh. down, I mean, you've got Milton, you've got Bortles, you've got Schneider and, this is just – and Godfrey, I'd put Godfrey Dante. ahead of him. And if you Cole want to go back to Slack and Hinshaw, if he doesn't play another Dante. down. Dante. Culpepper. Dante. There you go. There's been plenty of other ones. So, uh, yeah, he doesn't crack the top five if he doesn't play another down, which he will be in the top five for a lot of the records, but not in top five overall quarterbacks. At uh, Zeebles UCF, floating another name in here. Still lots of rumors around the quarterback room. What are the chances Brito plays this week? Can we assume he's gone? <laughs> I can report exclusively that he's gone because I think he's a grad <laughs> transfer. I don't think he has any more eligibility left. So I think we can report exclusively the Andrew Brito era has two uh, two games left. I believe I can report that. I don't even know who Andrew Brito is. <laughs> I've heard the name. <laughs> I couldn't pick yeah. him out of a lineup. Uh, and, and he will get his loudest cheer from you Friday at Senior Day. At Lonely BUCF, what will happen first? Trace acknowledging the greatest rivalry in sports, the civil conflict, or USF acknowledges the final score of their game. Uh, I, I had a little bit of fun for about 12 hours, every hour on the hour, poking I and trust, teasing I, them. Look, they still have not acknowledged it. I have to commend you for your your uh, your stick to itiveness to this particular endeavor. Is, yeah, that word? You, Is that a real word? Is that a real word? If it's not, I made it up. It sounded fantastic. You were like a dog with a bone on this one, and you should be commended. For, <laughs> and other people for your joined in harassing. I know. I, know. I love you should be part. commended, but I highly doubt they're going to at this point tweet that out. So I think the only help we have is right here, right now. You help our guy Mario out, and you give the civil conflict the respect it deserves. No. Trace the floor no. is Thank yours. You. Fake trophy. No. Oh, no. no. There's one rivalry until this rivalry's over. And then we Chris Torello the Jr. Rivalry. has joined the show. He's doubled no. down, my friends. No. I, well, the trophy uh, we wow. saw was the fake Civil Conference trophy, but there is a real Civil Conference trophy. Nobody knows where it is. 30 for 30 one day, 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Who's watching that? All right, let us end with this. What always comes at the end of Thanksgiving? Black Friday. Night. Football. The G. The G. <laughs> Are you cracking this up? Gorello is still here. Look at him. I can't <laughs> This is just unbelievable. I will be busy preparing similar type jokes as we get into the holiday season closer yeah, right. to December. Uh, Mike, safe travels. Adam, safe travels. We'll see you out there. Remember, if you're welcoming Mike into your tailgate to mooch on your leftovers, uh, let him know. Give him a follow and a message at UCF Mike one, or he's just going to wander around with his sons of UCF hat and try to be recognized and try to get a little free. <laughs> I, I actually don't want to be recognized. I'd rather be anonymous throughout the whole thing. It's impossible. I'm not wearing any sons of UCF stuff, but uh, what you're going to be passing out flyers. You're going to be paper and cards. UCF hoodie. I can tell you that. By the we way, have about all the 995 talk. flowers, uh, flyers <laughs> left. Mike's FYI. No hats. <laughs> Lots of flyers. You talk uh, such a big game about your picks, and you're barely, barely ahead of me. Look, I mean, you studied this thing hours upon hours every week. I just flashed through them on Wednesday and click, 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 and right. two games behind uh, you. You were dancing on me like three weeks ago. You were up two games. Now you're down two. I like to keep you in it. I didn't want your morale to go down. I didn't want you to be disgruntled and demoralized. You can't beat me in a 5K. You no. can't beat me in picks off guess the spread, and you damn sure can't beat me at karaoke. You can beat me I'll at the give walk you and karaoke. Talk. I'm not walk getting into that one. I'm not going to dispute the walk and talk. That's You've all been you. throwing me under the bus about the walk and talk. That, <laughs> they're questioning the legitimacy of that. You got spies in the sky. I mean, you got people reporting from home <laughs> and away. That's half the fun. I got to go outside the stadium now in the cover of darkness <laughs> to get away with it without being observed. Jeez. That's all right, guys. You know you're good. 
It's like watching mom and dad fight at the dinner table over here, friends. <laughs> but not eating turkey, a green bean casserole, or pumpkin pie. Uh, guys, enjoy your Thanksgiving, everyone at home uh, or wherever you're watching. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Safe travels. Big Black Friday. UCF takes the lead in the all-time series. Uh, hopefully, all things go well on Friday. Horns down. For Adam and Mike, I'm Trace Trollco. Go Knights! Troll on! Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save over $700 on average, and those savings add up. Imagine what you could buy in the future. So I used the savings from switching to Progressive 30 years ago to buy tickets to the championship game. You know, between those two teams that didn't exist 30 years ago. Yeah, I'm a big Alaska Palm Trees fan. Which is a team now, in the future. So switch to Progressive and save big, because those savings can add up in the future. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National annual average insurance savings by new customer surveyed who saved with Progressive in 2020. Potential savings will vary. Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.